Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. Michaela, we made it to double digits. Episode number 10. Episode 10, baby. Very That's exciting. Right. Yeah, it's super exciting. So uh, I guess we'll start this episode out with, uh, with a thank you to anyone who's uh, tuned into these first 10 episodes. And if you're just, just joining us for the first time, welcome. We hope you, hope you like what you, what you find here. So, uh, Michaela, what'd you get up to this weekend? Anything, anything fun and exciting in, in your uh, part of the world? Anything fun and exciting. Yeah, let's see. Oh yeah, I'm doing some home DIY stuff because everyone's okay. stuck at home still. Mm -hmm. And so we switched out our um, spindles and our stairs. Oh, right. That was cool. Um, Handy man, husband did that. That was awesome. Oh, they look great. Good. Yeah. And then obviously watching um, stuff, watching shows. I, you know, it's now February, so I am feeling in a very romantic mood. So I started watching, you know, my, my Valentine's day kind of quota of romantic comedies. So I started off with Billy Crystal's forget Paris Okay. Uh, with Deborah Winger. That was good. Um, it's an oldie, but a goodie. Okay. I also saw the show I'm your woman, the movie mm -hmm. it's on prime video and it's got Rachel Brosnahan and Jordan Harowitz. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's a producer. And um, I'm going to butcher his name, Arinze Ken or Kenne. He okay. is in it. He's brilliant. Um, this is the first time I've ever seen him, but I am going to deep dive into anything he's ever done because I yeah. really liked his acting. Um, oh, cool. Ra Rachel Brosnahan, you would know from Miss the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Mm -hmm. um, I got this movie confused with another movie that has woman in the title that's getting a lot of Oscar buzz. But this one mm. was actually pretty good. It's a good movie. Um, it's kind of a fun ride and oh, okay. it is on Amazon Prime. So I did watch that this weekend. What about oh, you? Cool. Uh, yeah, so me, you know, just uh, still catching up on the uh, Oscar movies. It's been cold and miserable, snowy in half the country. So um, pretty much everyone was inside all weekend. So hopefully everyone got caught up on some movies. But see, I watched the five bloods last night which is um, on netflix the spike lee film uh so i got that one uh ticked off the uh the oscar list uh for my watching and i also watched uh sound of metal um earlier this weekend which was really good that one's um on amazon prime uh, an amazon prime original film uh really good acting in that one um really kind of an interesting story um if you don't know anything about the film it's kind of the uh, story of a heavy metal drummer who loses his hearing so they play around a lot with kind of uh, these different uh, sounds and different kind of atmospheric way they're presenting it in the way that he's hearing things and stuff. So uh, really interesting. The acting was really good in that one. So I definitely uh, check that one out. So cool. Yeah. Well, so episode 10, exciting stuff. Um, I think we should probably have a drink to celebrate. 
Uh, what do I, you What do you think? I think that is a great idea. Um, yeah, let's do it. I'll have what she's having. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. I guess I'll have what she's having too. So why don't we take a quick break and we will go uh, mix up our drink for the week and we'll be right back to talk about it. This week's cocktail is called I'll Have What She's Having. And it was created by Ian Hardy of the Huckleberry Bar in Brooklyn, which is kind of interesting because that's in New York, right? Which is mm-hmm. where the movie uh, When Harry Met Sally uh, ends up being, spending most of the time is in New York City. And mm-hmm. um, I found this, I was looking at drinking games that you can do with romantic comedies. Oh, <laughs> and, okay. Um, while I was searching for uh, drinking games, I saw this cocktail and mm-hmm. um, it I'd saw I'd seen it a couple of years ago, but I had never tried it to make it. Um, oh, okay. So I was really excited that we were able to create this drink. It is obviously inspired by probably the most famous scene mm-hmm. in When Harry Met Sally, which happens happens at Katz's Deli, which right, is yeah. a famous place. In mm-hmm. uh, in New York, it's actually a chain now. I think there's a there, there's one in Houston um, that I've been to, but I have not been to the one in New York. Anyway, it's um it's supposed to be like really tasty and orgasmic, and it was pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. So when you sent me uh, the recipe over, I was pretty excited to give it a try because um, it features gin, which is uh, well, it's both of our favorite spirits, and it's uh, kind of grapefruity, um, you know, kind of you know this herbaly kind of kind of thing, you know, more on the bitter side. So I was definitely excited to try it. So I don't run through the recipe here real, real quick. So it's going to be one and a half parts of Karoon, uh, which is a Scottish gin. Uh, we were not able to find Karoon. So we used Rock Rose, which is a, another uh, Scottish gin. Uh, so that one's really good. Uh, you don't necessarily have to use a Scottish gin, but we just kind of wanted to make it as close to the original recipe as we could. So one and a half parts of the gin, and then it's going to be one half parts of St. Germain. Uh, St. Germain! one half parts of Aperol, um, three quarters of a part of lemon juice, and then two dashes of Peychaud's bitters, uh, which is kind of a pretty standard bitters. You'll see that in most places where you're gonna, gonna have bitters, but um, you know, several ingredients, but it goes together real easy. You just uh, shake all that up in a shaker tin and you know, strain it into a glass. And then you're gonna garnish it with just a little bit of uh, grapefruit peel. We just kind of kind of clipped the side of it and you know, hung it on the side so you get that bright kind of hit of grapefruit citrus on the nose as as you drink it. So uh, it comes out, it's beautiful. It's uh, kind of a nice, uh, nice ruby pink kind of color. And yeah, yeah. I have to say, I, I really liked it um, as uh, it reminded me a lot of kind of like a, like a martini version of uh, one of my favorite cocktails, the Negroni. So uh, what did you think about this one, Michaela? You know, I was really excited when I saw this, you know, recipe a couple of years ago because it has gin, which I was getting into, you know, gin kind of has exploded, especially in uh, the UK, because you could Mm -hmm. have, you know, small batch gin makers actually make money and have it not be illegal. So um, that kind of was happening when I saw this. I also love St. Germain. It is my favorite kind of spirit, not spirit, but I don't know what you would call it, like your liqueur it's my favorite mm-hmm. liqueur yep. i absolutely love it because i love elderflower and um the aperol and the lemon juice really um brightens that up a bit and makes mm-hmm. it nice and tart so i was it, i was hoping it would be a little sweeter 
but you can easily add, you know, double the parts of St. Germain and just lessen the amount of lemon juice if it's too tart for you. Um, mm. I think the second time I tried this, that's exactly what I did. And I found it delicious. Yeah. Um, uh, we both had a, had a second round of, of these and I dial back the lemon juice just, just a touch, but yeah, this was definitely a good one, especially if you're into, um, more bitter aromatic kind of cocktails. This one's definitely a good one to try. And it, uh, definitely fits the, uh, the theme of, uh, this week's film and it's going to get you ready for a uh, romantic comedy month. So, That's right. uh, so give it a try. If you make one up, it's, it's really pretty. So make sure you take a picture and, uh, send that to us on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. So, well, now we've got our, uh, I'll have what she's having made. I guess we better, uh, go have some of what she's having and, uh, get into this week's movies. Uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk about when Harry met Sally. Spoiler warning for anyone who hasn't seen when Harry met Sally. Pause this, go mix up uh, I'll Have What She's Having, watch When Harry Met Sally, and then come back and we can chat about it. Mm -hmm, that's right. And if you haven't watched it yet, you've had plenty of time because this was released uh, in July of 1989. It was directed by Rob Reiner and it stars Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. Uh, this is our second uh, Rob Reiner film that we've covered so far, which I guess kind of speaks to his uh, movie making style there in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, you know, kind of these, these cult classics. So. Yeah, directed by, directed by him, and it was written by Nora Ephron, um, and she was actually nominated for an Academy Award when Harry Met Sally had this uh, one nomination um, for her writing. She also uh, had Oscar nominations for her writing for the film Silkwood and Sleepless in Seattle, which also starred Meg Ryan. So. Yep. Yeah, Nora Ephron and Meg Ryan really uh, had a great thing going. They did um, You've Got Mail. They did obviously when Harry met Sally and they also did sleepless in Seattle. And so it's interesting two out of the three of those had Tom Hanks as mm -hmm. the lead male character versus Billy Crystal. But this does have Billy Crystal and they are just magic in it. The chemistry between them is, is pretty great. Um, interesting story. So Rob Reiner was married to Penny Marshall who directed big his marriage dissolved, I think in 1981 and in the 80s, he actually met and became platonic friends with Nora Ephron. And oh, so okay. one of the things that this movie really talks about and its whole big theme is can men and women be friends without sex kind of getting in the way or and, mm -hmm. and kind of ruining it. Um, sure. And what's interesting is Rob Reiner, you know, totally changed the ending while he was filming this because he on set met his wife. So it's oh, okay. really funny. They weren't actually in, in the show, again, spoilers, Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan do end up together at the end. They were not supposed to in the original Nora Ephron version. They were just going to be friends forever. And oh, okay. so it's, it's kind of interesting how they've really took a lot of aspects of Rob Reiner and Nora Ephron's friendship and mm -hmm. Rob Reiner's relationship with Billy Crystal, because they were actually quite close friends as well, and kind of infused that into this film, which is, I think, one of the reasons why, to this day, it still holds up really well, and it's still, you know, a classic of intelligent-based romantic comedies, rather than the typical kind of boy meets girl stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, and I, it came out in 1989, so I would have been pretty young when I would have, you know, seen it the first time, but kind of over the years, you know, every time I rewatch it, I like it a little bit more. It seems to kind of grow on me a little bit more, um, you know, so it's, it's definitely one that's holding up and, you know, aging really well. It's still, um, 
you know, still as uh, comical and sort of relevant today as it was, you know, all the way back then. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, another aspect of it that I think is interesting is throughout the film, um, there are stories of marriages and relationships that have lasted a very long time. And mm-hmm. so the stories, nor Efron collected, but um, they are acted out on screen. And that's kind of how the movie begins, right? Is that there's um, this older couple sitting on the couch and um I think, I'm not sure where he's from, but he's got this really cute little a- accent and he's talking about the first time he saw his wife and he turned mm-hmm. to his friend Asa and said, Asa, you see that girl? I'm going to marry her. And 50 years later, they're still married. And it's such a cute opening um, mm-hmm. to, to the movie, right? That's right, yeah. So it opens on on this older couple, you know, saying that they've been married 50 years later, um, you know, and, and kind of a documentary style, just, you know, focused on them on the couch, you know, kind of talking. Um, then the the film jumps back and kind of kind of gets started there it tells you where you're at we're at the University of Chicago it's 1977 um, there's a you know college aged uh, you know boy and girl there kind of kind of making out and this uh, car pulls up and behind him and and you get your first look at Sally and she's she's just kind of there waiting for him to uh, break off their break off their kiss but they don't uh, seem to be too rushed by her so eventually she right. kind of kind of gives gives the uh, horn a little honk and 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 breaks it up and we find out uh that sally is there to uh pick up her friend uh, amanda's boyfriend because mm-hmm. they're go they're going on a uh doing a little carpool because they're both headed uh to uh, new york city to uh get their uh, careers started um off on to their next adventure right and so harry is there it's billy crystal he's got kind of this shaggy mop top going um and he is professing kind of this undying love to uh, his girlfriend, Amanda. And, mm-hmm. you know, try there, you know, versus Sally is, is nice, but she is like ready to go, right? And you see kind of the ju- juxtaposition of their personalities as soon as he gets in the car. She's like, you know, we're going to break this up. We can break this up by mileage or we can do this in mm-hmm. five, you know, shifts because it's an 18 hour drive, which doesn't make sense, but it was an 18 hour drive and from New York to Chicago um, or from Chicago to New York. And mm-hmm. so they start getting out, you know, start driving and Harry definitely looks like a polar opposite of her. Right. So he's kind of eating these grapes Right. Um, yeah. I love I, I love the physicality of this of this part of this of the movie because he's not gross, but he kind of he's just kind of nasty the way he, you know, he's eating them and then he spits out into the window and he forgot yeah. to roll down the window. And so there's, there's yeah. this nasty pit, you know, just kind of hanging on the window pane. Um, yeah, he's he's very uh kind of nonchalant about it. And you can tell she's more of, you know, a little more uptight, more of a uh, stick in the mud type. And he's, you know, he's just kind of kind of there, you know, we'll say whatever's, yeah. whatever's on his mind. And, yeah. you know, like you said, he's, he's eating these grapes and he's just spitting out the seeds. And, and she and won't even eat grapes because she doesn't like to eat between meals. She's definitely this type A kind of person, right? That's right. And we find out that Sally's on her way to go to, to journalism school and they have some really great kind of back and forth and, and the car is they're heading off on their, on their journey towards New York. So, yeah. And, well, and like us, they end up talking movies, right? That's kind mm-hmm. of a, an easy, 
easy way for them to uh, get to know each other. And um, one of the, th the things they talk about is a classic film, Casablanca, and they get in an argument after what happened, you know, how the movie ends. Mm -hmm. And spoiler warning for any of you who've not seen Casablanca, pause That's this, true. go watch it, come back. We don't have a drink, but we can chat about it. Um, they don't end up together in Casablanca, right? So mm -hmm. Ingrid Bergman ends up going off with the Prince of Spain, I think. And um, poor Humphrey Bogart, I think it's Humphrey Bogart, he is really sad and he's still got his bar, right? So mm -hmm. they're talking about how, you know, that's the stupidest decision. Right, yeah, he's, yeah. Um, Harry's kind of saying that, that she gets on the plane because Humphrey Bogart's character, you know, tells her to and she's like no she gets on the plane on her own because you know when they're very practical a, yeah she doesn't want to be married to a guy that's in a, that owns a bar and you know harry's like wait but it's the best sex of her life and she's like no women are very practical she would never do that and then she pulls out this huge can of aquanet hairspray mm -hmm. and she's yep. spraying her farrah fawcett locks you know right before they get they've stopped to go have something to eat <laughs> so it's really pretty funny but it really speaks to her just unwillingness it's very black and white you know women right. are very practical she's very practical it sets harry up for the next you know, for the next conversation over in the diner, because he immediately says, oh, well, that's the problem is, is that you just, you've never had really good sex. And so, right. yeah, Harry's, you know, he's, uh, he's going to kind of speak his mind and he, you know, he's, he's very black and white about everything. You know, when Sally's telling him that, you know, women are, women are practical, he tells her, you know, you just haven't had good sex yet. And they, they get in this kind of back and forth about it. And she tells him that she had had good sex. She had good sex with Sheldon. Um, and, and Harry tells her, you can't have good sex with Sheldon. Sheldon's the kind of guy that can do your taxes or, you know, you know, be your lawyer or something like that, but you can't have good sex with, yeah. with Sheldon. Um, and I think it kind of sort of rubs Sally the wrong way. I mean, obviously, because they don't end this car trip as, as best of friends, but it does kind of get her to open up and be a little bit more defensive about her, her own, uh, romantic interludes. Right, so. right. And so at the end of this kind of dinner that they're having, they have this interesting exchange because he is looking at her and she's uh, ordering her meal. <laughs> mm -hmm. And he's like, I'll have a number two. And she takes literally three minutes, which doesn't sound like a lot of time, but it's a lot of time when you're telling someone how to prepare your food. Mm -hmm. And she orders a pie. She orders it on, you know, with ice cream on the side and she changes a whole bunch of things. And she just is very particular about the way that she wants something. And mm -hmm. he, he kind of makes fun of her about it, but she, you know, she's already feeling defensive enough. And she says, I just want things kind of the way I want it. And mm -hmm. then he goes on because he's been looking at her and staring at her this whole time. He tells her that, you know, Amanda, his girlfriend, which is her friend, you know, failed to mention that you know, Sally's really attractive and, mm -hmm. you know, Harry really kind of makes a pass at her um, while they're finishing the drive and saying, you know, Hey, we could go spend a night in a hotel. We could do that. And she's like, no, absolutely not. It's not going to happen. We're just going to be friends. Mm -hmm. And then he says, well, that's silly because men and women can't really be friends because the sex thing is always out there and it always mm -hmm. gets in the way. And she says, that is not true. I've had plenty of male friends. And he says, no, you didn't. You thought they were friends. They were all trying to sleep with you. <laughs> and so, and he says, and then he's like, well, you can be friends with a woman if you're not attracted to her, 
but that doesn't really work either because men are kind of dogs and they're just, yeah. they're, they're going to find something that's attractive about you eventually. And it's just always going to be there. And so right. it's really this weird kind of connection that they have because it's banter. They, they, they obviously don't agree and she doesn't like him, but she's not rude to him about it or anything. It's just a, an interesting banter. And at the end of the conversation, she says, well, this really sucks. So we're not going to be friends because you're the only person that I'm going to know in New York in my new right. career. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you, you can tell, you know, Sally's just kind of someone who's, you know, always nice and tries to be friends with everyone, you know, where Harry's, you know, more kind of tells it like it is. So yeah, it doesn't, doesn't look like they're going to be friends. So they get to New York um, and they get out of the car, you know, he tells her, thank you for the ride and they shake hands and have a nice life. And that's kind of where you think Harry and Sally's story is going to end. Alas, it does not. It does. It does not. So we're going to go five years into the future, but before we do that, um, there's another uh, couple on the couch, you know, kind of given their they're kind of one-on-one uh, documentary style. Uh, I think, I believe this couple, they'd, they'd met when they were, they were young, you know, in, in school age, and then they ran into each other 34 years later in Chicago, which is kind of the opposite of uh, when Harry met Sally and, and got married. So even 34 years, they, uh, you know, still in love after all that time. So, yeah. uh, so, so that was the next, the next couple, but so it's five years later from uh, 1977. Uh, and Harry's Harry's walking through his uh, through his office there, and he uh, to the airport. So, yeah, he's uh, but it's it's going to be the opposite this time. This time Harry walks by, and there's a couple making out, uh, just, right. just right there, right there in the office. And he he stops because he recognizes uh, it's one of his uh, colleagues or friends or something. Um, his name's Joe, um, and he's making out with this girl. And Harry can kind of place her, but he he's not a hundred percent sure. You know, he hasn't he hasn't seen this girl in five years, but. But it's Sally uh, standing there making out with Joe. It's Sally with very different hair. It's very 1983 hair. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, feather, like it's not feathered. It's not the Farrah Fawcett hair anymore. It's kind of long and mm -hmm. flowy. And she's got this really amazing um, brooch uh, bow tie that women used to wear in the 80s. I guess we mm -hmm. wanted to look like Matt Smith's version of Doctor Who. I'm not sure. But it was very, very in style with the timing. And Sally recognizes Harry right away. She knows exactly who he is. So when he walks mm. off after, you know, he says goodbye to uh, Joe, uh, who she's now just started dating. She's been dating this guy, I guess, for about a month. She tells him, she's like, oh my God, thank God he didn't know who I was. I had the longest night of my life when we drove from Chicago to New York. And of course, you know, her new boyfriend, Joe is like, well, what happened? You know, what happened? Right. He's very much interested in did, you know, did, did something happen? And she said, well, she kind of relayed the story. She said, you know, he said we couldn't be really friends because sex would get in the way. And um, so, uh, you know, do you believe that? And Joe says, no, no. Oh, but I will if you want me to. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Joe, Joe says no, but his eyes say yes. That's, <laughs> that's correct. So. Right. But they have this moment because she has, um, he has dropped her off at the airport. I guess this was back in the day when you could actually walk into mm -hmm. the, the, you know, the gate and say goodbye. Right. And, you know, they have this exchange where he tells her that he loves her. And so you can see they're really at the very beginning of this relationship and she's, you know, all giggly and they've been kissy kissy and it's really lovely. And so she's on the plane, she's gotten onto this plane and she's, kind of staring off into the to the distance when Harry kind of pokes his head <laughs> apparently he's on the same plane and he's right behind her 
right behind her. Yeah. And he knows it's Sally right away because she's sitting on the plane and the, the flight attendant comes up to take her drink order. And of course, you know, oh, it's, right. it's, uh, it's whatever drink with, you know, ice on the side and, and one of the ingredients on the side. And, you know, you just, you just see uh, Harry kind of poking his head, you know, between the uh, airplane seats there. <laughs> he's like looking at her and he's like, okay, you know, five years later, nothing's, nothing's changed. So he kind of says, oh, hey, you know, do you remember me? I'm, I'm a friend of, or you're Amanda's friend. Uh, luckily for Harry, the uh, gentleman sitting next to Sally, you know, gets up and offers, offers him his seat. You know, Sally says, no, that's okay. But uh, she comes oh. up, or Harry comes up and sits next to her anyways. Yeah. And it's, it's great. Cause I, one of the things I do really like about this scene is it does show kind of how cramped it is on a plane. Most mm -hmm. people, if you'd never been on a plane and you've seen, you know, scenes in movies with planes, you think that it's a completely different experience because they have right. to make it look bigger because of all the equipment they got to fit in to film it. This mm -hmm. looks quite cramped, which I really appreciate because um, she's very uncomfortable because <laughs> she's like right next to Harry as he's kind of giving her the third degree about how long have you been seeing Joe? And obviously you've been dating a couple, you know, only a couple months because he took you to the airport and nobody does that when they've been together forever. And, you know, she asks Harry about him, himself and where, what he's been doing and how he's been. And it turns out that he has fallen madly in love and he's about to get married himself. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's about to get, about to get married. Um, and she has a really good line when uh, they're talking and, you know, Harry's telling telling her, you know, that it's serious and why he doesn't ever drive anyone to the airport. Um, she's, she, she looks at Harry and she says, you look like a normal person, but you're the angel of death. Yeah, it's one of my favorite lines. Yeah, it's um, a really good line. So they, yeah. they get to, uh, I don't wherever they were flying to, I don't know if they even really say, but uh, they kind of get out, they're leaving the, leaving the airport. Um, and Harry says, oh, are you staying over? Um, we should go out and have dinner you know, just as friends. And Sally's like, well, I thought, you know, men and women couldn't be friends. And he's like, mm, I've amended the rule, you know, because uh, I don't think he'd really amended to... the, I don't think he'd really amended the rule, but. Right, because I'm about to get married now. So I have a reason to not like let sex get in the way of this thing because I'm right. getting it from someone else, I guess. Uh, but they have this kind of exchange where they're on that. They're on one of those transform belts, right? It's like an escalator, mm -hmm. but it's a flat one. I don't know what they're called. People movers. People mover. I don't know. Yeah. So they're on that. And he's like, well, you know, I guess it really doesn't make sense. Blah, 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 blah. And she finally says, Harry, I'm going to go. Like she has had it. <laughs> she does not want to talk to him anymore. She doesn't, she's over it. And yep. so, you know, you think that again, that's the last time they're going to see each other because, you know, 8 million people, right? <laughs> In the city of New York. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You think it's just kind of a, a one-off kind of happenstance. They run into each other again. But it's not because we're going to go five years into the future again. But, you know, before we make this this jump, there's going to be another older married couple, you know, on the couch telling their story. Um, and this one, uh, the couple, they, they were married and then and then divorced. And then the husband got married again and again and again. And then finally, uh, him and uh, his first wife uh, remarried. So they got married 35 years to the day from their first marriage, which which is kind of funny, but, you know, maybe settled down. They were the right ones to be together after all. So sometimes you just need, you need to make sure, right. Sometimes <laughs> you got around the, around the table. That's right. Yeah. You gotta, you, you gotta, know. gotta, you gotta check and double check. But, but yeah, so five years later, Sally's uh, at lunch, you know, just having some lunch with her, with her girlfriends there. Um, one of her friends is Mary, who's played by Carrie Fisher. 
That's right. Um, and they're kind of, they're kind of talking about you know true love and who are you going to date? And we uh, we find out that that uh, Sally and Joe are uh, are kind of on the outs. Yeah, they had just broken up. Um, I love this scene for a number of reasons. First of all, it really, if, if you look at their outfits and you look at their hair, it's much more big hair. So this is late eighties now. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's bigger. You got the bangs with the, that have been kind of teased up a bit. Um, you know, of course, Meg Ryan still looks amazing. It's ridiculous. Nothing looks bad sure. on this woman. Um, but she's talking to Marie and her other friend. Her other friend is married and Marie is in a relationship with a married man. And so she's lamenting the fact that her has her boyfriend just spent something like $100 or $1,200 on new dining room furniture. And she doesn't mm-hmm. think that he's ever going to leave his wife. And everyone is like, no. He's never going to leave his wife. And her tagline through the whole thing is, you're right, you're right. I know you're right. But yep. they find out over this lunch that Joe and Sally have just broken up and that, you know, she feels really good about it. She says, you know, we were growing apart for some time. I'm really fine. Like, I, I, I'm not that upset about it. It just kind of is what it is. And so mm-hmm. then, of course, Marie pulls out a freaking Rolodex <laughs> with not with like names of guys and she's like going through them talking about oh this is this is jim and you you might find i don't find him attractive but you might you don't have a problem with chins you know right (laughs) right yeah it's um it's kind of like her uh little black book and anyone who's not familiar with the rolodex it's it's basically like a it's basically like a bunch of index cards that are that are on this big circle thing. So it's very big and obnoxious that you would just be carrying one of these around with uh, single eligible uh, men for yes. your, you know, to set your friends up. With. Yeah, certainly, Which, certainly. That's so just beyond strange. Yeah, so, <laughs> really so funny. It's, it's very hilarious that she just pulls this out at, at the brunch. But but so they're trying to get Sally sorted on her end. So we're going to flip over and check in on Harry. Uh, they're sitting at a at a football game. Um, him and his friend Jess, who's played by Bruno Kirby, uh, taken in the uh, New York Giants versus uh, Detroit Lions uh, football game. And Harry, you know, is telling Jess that uh, his wife, Helen, uh, she's been wanting a, a divorce. You know, she's she finally, you know, brings it up to him. She's like, oh, I think we should we should get divorced or, you know, at least try separating. And, you know, Harry's like, oh, what, when did you when did you think we should do that? And right about then, you know, the, the movers come and knock on the door, you know, she's, she's already uh, planned it out. So. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, it's really, it's, again, it's a funny way that they have this conversation, but Mm -hmm. it's also very sad. Right. I mean, I, and I, I can't help but think that Rob Reiner and his friend, Billy Crystal might've had a similar conversation uh, when Rob Reiner's marriage was falling apart. Right. And that was used Mm -hmm. as kind of a backlight for some of the dialogue because he, Harry is saying, well, you know, I, you know, I, I thought this would never happen, you know, but I knew really at the deep down inside, I always knew that she'd kick the shit out of me. Like I always knew that I thought we were happy and we weren't. And you know, Bruno Kirby's character, Jess, is like, oh, this is just a symptom. What do you think is really going on? And it turns out mm-hmm. Harry actually, you know, after the movers came and took all of her stuff in like a day, um, he found, you know, he followed her and he found out that she is moving in with somebody else. And so she, mm-hmm. you know, is is moving very fastly forward and he's kind of left devastated. Um, right. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting because they're both are going through these very different types of breakups, right? Both Harry and Sally. 
And in the mm-hmm. next scene, you actually see Sally and Marie at a bookstore, like a real one. I, I don't even know if these things exist anymore, Brian, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a really beautiful bookstore. And it was in the 80s. So all the rage, there's a lot of self-help books. Like there's an entire floor in this bookstore of self-help. And mm-hmm. if you read some of the titles, it's like, you know, I love you. Let's work it out. You know, screw off, get out of my way. I mean, there are all of these various ranges of kind of self-reflection and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, self-help novels. And yeah. um, Harry is there as well. And he notices Sally and he's staring at her and Marie kind of notices. And one of my favorite lines is she, she goes up to Sally and very quietly says, someone is staring at you in personal growth. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you see him kind of peeking around the, uh, the uh, side of the, uh, the aisle there. You know, Sally, Sally sees him and he, he kind of comes over and talks to her and she's like, oh, that's Marie. But, you know, Marie's decided to make herself scarce because she thinks this could this could be a, a possible love connection for for Sally. So uh, so they meet again, you know, kind of happenstance again. And he asks her how Joe is. Um, you know, she tells him that they're kind of on the outs and she asks him how, you know, his marriage is going. And he tells her that, you know, he's getting a divorce. So they they both kind of find out that their uh, love lives are in complete disarray now. So right. they're going to going to go out to coffee and and, you know, have a chat about it. Yeah. And she kind of opens up to him uh, about it. You know, she says, you know, we were hanging out, you know, one time and I saw a family and we'd always kind of said how we didn't really want to have a family. We just wanted it to be the two of us. And I kind of, you know, decided that maybe I did. And that sort of pushed, you know, Joe away um, together. So. Yeah. Yeah. She really um, does an amazing about face in the exchange when they, when they're in the coffee shop or when they're in the bookstore, because when he says he's getting a divorce, she really kind of warms to him um, because he's obviously, you know, he's got a line for everything. He's a very upbeat guy, even in, you know, complete disaster, but you can tell he's really upset. So she says, Oh, you know, gosh, I'm so sorry. And so it really is neat when she opens up and talks about how her relationship with Joe, you know, they hadn't wanted to get married. They, you know, they wanted this really, you know, whimsical kind of spontaneous relationship, but they Mm -hmm. didn't really have that at the end of the day at all. They just kind of had, you know, settled and she seems really fine. And she's like, that's all he could ever give. You know, he never, he doesn't want to get married. He doesn't want to have a family and I eventually do. So it's, it's good that we just part ways. And he's like, wow, that sounds, that's so healthy. That's so great. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and then they talk about how, you know, both of them got the apartment in New York and that is a whole big thing. And it is absolutely true. Um, I remember talking to my aunt Maureen who lived in, uh, in Manhattan when she got her apartment, she was so excited and it was Mm -hmm. insane, but it took her like six months to secure an apartment. It's, it's a really big deal. So yeah, well, (laughs) she should have, she should have checked with Harry because he had the, uh, the good idea. He says, you know, we both got the apartments and people always think that's a big deal, but getting an apartment's not that hard. You just have to check the obituaries. And then when someone dies, you just, you just go in through the front door and say, I'm I'm here for the apartment. (laughs) I'm here for the apartment. We're good to go. Yeah. So just kind of good advice, you know, Sally, um, invites Harry to dinner, right? They're kind of two, uh, two brokenhearted, uh, not friends, but, you know, acquaintances, you know, from, from a long time ago. Uh, so she invites him out to dinner and he says, oh, are, are we becoming friends now? Is that, is that what's happening? So. Yeah. And she kind of says, well, yeah, yeah, we can become friends, you know? And, um, 
it is neat because they talk a little bit about the last couple of times they've met. And she says, look, I, you just, I just didn't want to sleep with you. And you saw that as a character flaw. Like, and so he apologizes and he does it in a really sweet way. Cause he says, what's the statue of limitations on apologies. And she says 10 mm. years. And he's like, great. I made it under the mark. Right. Yep. And so you can tell that it's the budding of a friendship, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. We get another, uh, we get another story from another, uh, you know, older couple on the, on the couch, you know, talking about how, how they met and fell in love. They met on a, on an elevator in Chicago. Uh, but we're going to keep going, you know, with Harry and Sally's story, we get kind of a nice uh, little montage of the two of them. You know, they're, they're both, they're kind of talking on the phone, um, having this conversation between the two of them, but the, the video is kind of showing them living, living their lives alone. Right. So they're both kind of at work and they're both out, you know, grocery shopping and, and kind of doing all the things that you do, but you know, it's, it's very, uh, very apparent that, you know, they're doing it by themselves. They're not, you know, they're not with anyone, not with anyone that right. they love, but they're having this really nice kind of, you know, you know, friends conversation, you know, over the phone that's playing over the top of it. Yeah. Um, and this was a really amazing scene where they're both, um, well, I guess Harry, no, Sally calls Harry and says Casablanca is on and Harry says, you know, what channel? And so they're both watching it together. And this was a beautiful montage to an earlier film um, that because in the 60s, um, you had very strict rules about how you can film a couple that was not married doing mm -hmm. fairly intimate things, okay? In the show Pillow Talk, okay, which this is mm -hmm. an homage to, you can see them doing the same thing where you, it looks like they're laying in bed next to each other, but because they're on the phone, they're mm -hmm. in a different place, even though the kind of, they've kind of seamed it up. Right, yeah, it's kind of a split scope. screen. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and they're do, they do that talking about Casablanca and it, it's interesting because they argued about this in the very first time they met. But mm -hmm. Sally says the complete opposite of what she had said before, right? She's like, oh, I totally would have stayed with Humphrey Bogart. And he's like, yes, yes, she would have. <laughs> like, I, you, that's not what you said 10 years ago. And she's like, that's not true. I would have never said that. And then they talk a little bit about how, you know, there's high maintenance women and low maintenance women. And she's the worst kind because she's really high maintenance, but she thinks she's low maintenance. And mm -hmm. so you know, but then she gets very, you know, kind of offended and says, well, I just want things the way I want them. And who, who doesn't want that? And so it's, it's neat because they, you know, get to know a little bit about each other and you can see that they've both changed over the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Get the, uh, the indication there, their, their friendship, you know, cause it's kind of starting to, to bloom. We see them kind of walking together and they're talking about the, uh, kind of the, the fantasy, uh, sort of, you know, sex dreams that they're having. So, um, it's funny. So, so Harry's uh, dream is he's making love, but it's in it's at the Olympics, and so all the Olympic judges are there. And I think that he says uh, his mom is like the the Russian judge, and she gives <laughs> gives oh him a bad, a bad bad mark, which just sounds, how is this a fantasy? Very, which sounds I mean, very horrible. <laughs> that but, does not sound like a good fantasy at all. I would yeah, not want anybody what do. <laughs> yeah, but but her, but but hers really isn't any better. Um, Hers is, uh, she says, there's a, there's a faceless, you know, nameless guy and he rips my clothes off and, and, you know, she stops talking and Harry's like, that's it. That's, that's what it that's is. It. She, just a faceless guy. So, yeah. So. But she you know, varies it because she'll vary what she's wearing. So sometimes I guess she's in a dress and sometimes she's mm -hmm. in, you know, a suit. Sometimes she's in that weird bow tie thing that she 
born in 1983. Um, That's right. I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, but you know, kind of, kind of opening up, you just, you know, this isn't a conversation that, that she probably would have had with him, you know, before, but you know, they're now they're, you know, they're being friends, you know, they can, they can kind of have these conversations and, and they're not, you know, worried about, you know, sex getting in the way of, of the relationships. So. Right. Sure. Yeah. And they, they show they're, they're at a museum and they're having this really funny moment because he's um, doing a impersonation and he's like, there is too much pepper in my paprikash. Mm. And actually a funny outtake is um, he, you know, Billy Crystal is known to be a very impromptu ad lib kind of person. So when he talks about his pecan pie, right. Mm. Uh, it actually makes Meg Ryan laugh out loud. And you can see she does an outtake. So she takes a look at the director. She kind of moves her body and looks past the camera um, at Rob Reiner, who apparently told her to keep going mm -hmm. um, and because they, he liked the line, but she actually kind of laughs out loud. And there's this moment, it's, it's, it's very subtle, but you, you got to look for it, but it's there. And, um, you know, this is when Harry says, you know, hey, do you want to go to a movie? And she's like, oh, no, I'm going on a date tonight. Um, and it's a really sweet exchange because he says, you know, are you going to wear what you're wearing? And she's in kind of this pantsuit thing. And he mm. tells her, you know, you should you should wear skirts more because you look really good in skirts. And, you know, you, you start as a viewer, start hoping that maybe they'll end up together because... Right. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of planting the seeds of that, you know, they both kind of like each other, but you know, as maybe more than, more than friends, but more than friends. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently her date did not go uh, particularly well. Cause they're at, I think they're at dinner, you know, or, or walking through the city um, and they're kind of talking about it. And uh, apparently the day went really bad because I guess the guy uh, pulls a hair from her head and starts flossing with it, which uh, sounds crazy. Like, I don't even know like where you come up with that idea and uh, and bring it to fruition. But this guy definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely not the one for her. So, um, you know, Harry tries to kind of make her feel better. He's like, well, I had a bad day, you know, went out uh, with this girl. She wanted to go to an Ethiopian restaurant. And he's like, well, that's weird because I didn't know that they had any food there. So, <laughs> <laughs> Right. Oh, yeah, no. And and it's funny because they're actually, they're, um, they've got a rug and they're putting it in Harry's apartment because Harry has no furniture, remember? Mm. So they're trying to, you know, place it in the right way because it's a really big rug. And she, you know, Sally is just amazed. She's like, you know, these dates are awful. And, you know, it's going to take a really long time before we feel, you know, comfortable enough to go on a second date. And, and can you imagine how long it's going to take for us to feel comfortable enough to sleep with somebody? And of course, mm. Harry's like, well, I slept with her. I mean, it was a horrible day. But I slept <laughs> it was with her. terrible, but yeah. I, I totally did that. And so, you know, she's, you could tell she's kind of mortified by that reaction, right? Because she's definitely in a different place. Mm -hmm. um, but then you see, you know, Harry is talking about his relationship with Sally to his best friend, Jess, and they're mm -hmm. at a batting cage. And it's really kind of neat. I don't know, because I'm not a guy, if guys really talk to each other this way. Um, so I don't know how re realistic this is, but it really mm. warms my heart if there's any truth to it, because he's saying things uh, about Sally he says, you know, I could tell her anything because I'm not trying to get in her, get her into bed. I don't have to lie. I can talk to her about, you know, anything. And mm -hmm. Jess is like, this is crazy. I don't understand. You don't, you wait, you think she's pretty and you think she's attractive. 
and you're not trying to sleep with her. I just don't get it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, Harry tells him, oh, you know, I've, I've grown up. I've, you know, I'm mature now about it. And then you get a really great scene because uh, a little kid comes up to him at the batting cage and he's like, hey, are you about done in there? And he's like, no, I've got a stack of quarters. Now get out of here. <laughs> After he just said, the, you know, that he, how, I'm, how I'm mature so he, is, he was being. So, but yeah. So then, uh, then we get to the, uh, to the famous scene. They're at, they're at the a famous at scene. Kat, they're at Katz's deli, um, you know, having lunch. He's telling her about kind of his, his, you know, exploits and things or talking about all things and and she tells him that you know he's a human affront to all women which is which is pretty hilarious <laughs> well she just finds it very insulting because he sleeps with these women that he's had maybe one or two dates with and then mm -hmm. the next morning he wakes up and he or you know not even then like right after he's done you know sleeping with them he's ready to to leave Mm -hmm. And he out, he, like he bold face lies to them. He says, I have a squash game. I have this, I have, you know, golf. And she's like, you don't do any of that. And he says, well, they don't know. I don't do that. I mean, I just tell them I'm, I'm gotta leave. And she's right. like, I can't believe that you do that. And of course he's like, well, I think they have a pretty good time. And she's like, oh really? You think they do? And he says, you know, what are you saying? And she says, well, maybe they're just faking it. And he's like, no, there's no way. And then to prove her point, right in the middle of Katz's Deli, she fakes this fairly intense orgasm mm -hmm. scene. I don't know how many times they had to film that, but it's pretty hilarious how at first he thinks that something's wrong with her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she, the voices she's making. yeah she, she kind of hits the table and he's like, uh, are you okay? And, you know, <laughs> you know, of course it's, it's panning around the deli and everyone's kind of watching her, but you know, she, she gets, gets done with it. And then uh, there's an older lady kind of sitting, you know, in the booth kind of on the next aisle over. And that's when you get the line, you know, I'll have what she's having. Right. Right. And that is actually Rob Reiner's mom. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. And so you see, you know, he's kind of put in his place there a bit. And, uh, but you can see they've reached like this, this different level of friendship now. They've become, mm -hmm. I, I think at this point, they've become pretty deep good friends, right? Right. Yeah. And so it's Christmas time. And so you see a lot of stuff about Christmas at New York City you know, they go and buy a tree together for her apartment. And mm -hmm. they, you know, you can see them doing kind of the normal things that you would be doing with a couple, but you're doing with your friend instead. Doing with your friend. Yep. They get the Christmas tree and they, they kind of carry it off and you see kind of a nice montage of uh, New York at Christmas time, which is always uh, good to see. Um, and then you see them kind of dancing together. They're at a New Year's Eve party. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's shaved off his beard and she's like, well, good. Now we can dance cheek to cheek and you get kind of a nice little intimate moment that they, you know, you definitely get the feeling that they both wanted to, you know, kind of advance a little bit further, but you know, they're, they're definitely, you know, holding strong to, so they're just being friends, right? Nothing, nothing romantic, but, um, yeah. starting to get, a, starting to get a little heated. So it says, uh, need to go out and get some air. So, uh, you know, just a, a couple of moments there of, of the dancing, you know, started to uh, threaten the friendship. So they, they step out you know, right. of this New Year's Eve party out onto the, out onto the balcony. Yeah. And they, you can see him, you know, they kind of, as the ball drops and everybody yells happy new year and everyone starts kissing, they kind of pause a minute and then they're like, oh, well, okay. Happy new year. And they kind of give each other this little peck and, mm -hmm. um, 
you can really see that, you know, Harry, especially when they start dancing, right? His mm-hmm. face completely kind of changes and she's a little scared. It's, it's, it's a really, it's lovely. And it's very, I mean, I don't know where they're, they are, uh, which building they're in, but you can see the, um, I think you see the river in the background. It's really pretty too. Mm-hmm. The oh. scene then changes, right? To another montage of this older couple who, mm-hmm. um, they were camp counselor leaders, right? And they were probably in their late teens, early twenties, because she was the head of the girls camp and he was the head of the boys camp. And he crossed, uh, uh, during a dance, he crossed a dance floor to ask her or talk to her. And it's really cute. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite lines where he says, you know, he says, I'm Bob Small of the Coney Island Smalls. And that's when she says that that's that at that moment, I knew I knew the mm-hmm. way you know about a good melon. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's yeah, it's pretty cute because he she says that he walked across the room. And she assumed that he was going over to uh, talk to her friend because all the guys wanted to talk to her friend, but he wanted to talk to her. Mm-hmm. Walk across so, the room, guys. Talk to your girls. Walk across the room to talk to them. That's, that's a good right. Lesson. It's a good lesson. Just, just, uh, just, just do that, guys, for sure. Keeping uh, going with, with the story here. Can't be romantically involved. So, what's the next best thing you wanna you wanna set your uh, set your friends up with with your best friends? So, you know, Sally and Marie are kind of walking down. Or, telling, you know, Marie's telling a story about how she, you know, sent herself flowers, I think, because she was trying to get her, uh, her married uh, guy to kind of take notice or be jealous or something. And, and, you know, again, she, you know, Sally's like, you know, he's not going to leave his wife for you. Right. You're right. I, I know. I know I you're know, right. I know, I, know. I know you're right. And Harry is having the same, very similar conversation with Jess, right? Because Jess mm-hmm. is, once again, he's never met Sally. And so he's like, I don't understand. If she's so great, why don't you date her? And he's like, you don't understand. We are just friends. And he's like, yeah, but is she pretty? Yes, she's pretty. And she's funny and you like her. Why aren't you dating her? And it's so funny because the the banter between them. And they get to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is very uncomfortable you can see because Jess is a writer and he's trying to talk to Sally and, you know, they do not connect really. They don't dislike Mm. each other, but they are not attracted to each other at all. Yeah. They're having some very kind of forced small talk. So, you know, Harry and Marie are sat on one side of the table, you know, having kind of this, this awkward small talk and, you know, Jess and Sally are on the other side, you know, kind of having this forced, you know, sort of small talk and and then it, it turns out Marie says you know something that she'd read in in the newspaper or the magazine or something and Jess is like oh I wrote that you know so they kind of you know sparks start to start to fly there so but so and they Harry and the, Sally totally see it <laughs> they're like yeah, oh so damn it <laughs> they're 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 uh so they're leaving they don't want that to happen I think they're trying to trying to kind of squash that so you know Sally's talking to Marie she's like you know Harry's feeling vulnerable you know go you know talk to Harry don't go with Jess and you know Harry's talking to Jess he's like oh you know Sally's feeling pretty vulnerable you know don't don't go with Marie and you know so Marie and Jess are both like oh yeah yeah no we won't we won't go together you know we'll we'll play it play it cool but then they they sort of uh, pair up and they're like oh is that a taxi let's go and they they both just jump in the taxi and, and take off, you know, leaving, leaving Harry and Sally there. So. And they're just kind of looking at each other like, oh, great. You know, uh, well, that didn't work, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's really, it's cute. It's pretty funny because they, <laughs> 
like in the next big scene, I think they're engaged, <laughs> Marie and Jess. Um, they, yeah, they, 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 they move very quickly. They found, they found the right person. It was pretty That's funny. That's right. Yeah. See, so, yeah, we get another uh, interview with another couple. This one's uh, been married 55 years after he snuck into her village to, you know, get a look at her, you know, before. Right. Because this was Before, uh, this was one of the uh, arranged marriages, right? So he basically mm-hmm. was told, "This is you know, there's a girl ready for you to get married and uh, for you to marry." And so he goes and sneaks and wa- and washes her, kind of washing the clothes and doing stuff. And she looked really nice, so they got married. <laughs> They've managed to stay married for 55 years, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I guess I don't. There must have been. It must have been like a, a an early version of the sharper image or something, but. Uh, yeah. Harry and Sally are, are kind of shopping at the store, probably probably looking for a wedding gift for yeah. for Jess, Jess and Marie. So that's right. They're there looking at, at some things, and they they find an early version of a karaoke machine, which they call a singing machine. So I guess it was the, a singalodeon. Yeah, that, yeah, that was the first big brand of karaoke machines to uh, come to the United States. I had one with a tape deck. There's like two cassette tapes that oh. you can use. Oh yeah, and they give you a little. Um, they give you a, a list of lyrics. So instead oh, okay. of the lyrics popping up, you know, on the screen, you just have to kind of know when to go. Right. Yeah. Sa- yeah. Sally's not all that interested in the singing machine, but you know, Harry, uh, Harry dials up, uh, you know, fringe on the Surrey from uh, Oklahoma, Surrey with the fringe on top, you know, and he's, he starts to sing. He, he puts his foot up on the table, you know, he's, he's totally uh, hamming it up. Um, yeah. But, you know, time to ruin the fun because his ex-wife, Helen, you know, walks in. Uh, Helen and and her new uh, husband Ira. So, you know, he, yeah, uh, you know, he he's he's polite enough about it. You know, so you know, nice to meet you, Ira. You know, he says kind of uh, annoyed, but but they leave, and you know, he's he's trying to play it off cool. He's like, oh, she looked weird. And then, well, I guess in a city of eight million people, you're bound to run into your ex-wife. Right, right, and you you know, it's it's you know, just as a reminder, right? She had left Harry to be with this guy, and so. He has a whole lot of feelings and he does not know what to do with them. And they're not great feelings, right? So they leave the sharper image and they head over to Marie and Jess's I, because Jess is moving in with Marie and they're having this fight over this wagon wheel coffee table. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're like, hey, you know, this coffee table doesn't look good. And of course, Jess is like, this is amazing. I have great taste. And Marie is like, everyone thinks they have great taste, but they can't all have great taste. And, right. you know, Harry really kind of goes off on both of them. And there he's like, look, you know, you guys do yourselves a favor, write your names in your books right now. Like, you know, I remember mm. these days and everything seems fine, but then in five years, you're going to be singing Surrey with a fringe on top and your wife is going to walk in with her new husband and it's going yep. to be awful. And, you know, they rush off or he, well, he storms out and Sally goes after him and she tries to explain to Marie and Jess that they ran into Helen that day and, mm-hmm. Sarah, you know, Sally goes and they kind of have end up having another argument because she's trying to help him. She's like, look, you can't, you can't talk about your feelings every time you're feeling something like you've got, you've got to choose your words. And he starts throwing things back at her because he's feeling defensive. And he's like, you know, 
when are you, you're not dealing with your feelings. I never hear you talk about blowing up a Joe and you, you've not even slept with anybody yet. And, mm-hmm. and she turns around and she's like, you're going to have to move to New Jersey because she slept with all the people in New York and you're still not over Helen. Like that hasn't helped you. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's really kind of tough, um, argument. They, they fight really fair though. I've seen a lot of, uh, people fighting in my day and they fight really fair. And of course, at the end of it, Harry's like, I'm sorry. And they hug and, and as they're going to go back inside and apologize to, to Jess and Marie, you see Jess carrying this horribly ugly coffee table, wagon wheel coffee table mm. outside. Cause he's like, I don't want a word. I don't want to hear anything. You're right. This is a stupid coffee table. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Always, always a moment of uh, humor there in these more serious moments, but so Harry and Sally, you know, they're still trying, you know, to kind of strike out on some dates and meeting other people and things. So they're kind of a dinner party at Marie and right. Jess's, um, but yeah. they're, you know, they're together, but they're, they're both on their own separate dates. So Harry's, you know, he's on a date with a girl named Emily um, and you know, Sally's on a date with a man named Julian and, Julian. and they both, they both kind of, you know, they take their respective friends aside, you know, you know, Sally's, you know, in the kitchen talking to Marie. Oh, Emily's a little, don't you think she's a little young for Harry? And, you know, Harry's, you know, telling his friend, you know, oh, Julian, yeah, he, he's okay, but he's a little stuffy, I think. So, yeah, you know, yeah. they're both, both kind of, you know, trying to be supportive, but, you know, definitely, definitely annoyed. It's, it's just one of those kind of little seeds of that they both really want to be together, but they're both determined to just keep the friendship going. That's right. And, um, you don't really see much of what happens to Julian or Emily because the next scene is Sarah or Sally calling Harry in tears and she's completely distraught because she has heard from Joe and apparently Joe is getting married. So mm-hmm. Harry is, you know, he's got his feet propped up on his bed. He's just kind of laying there and he says, I'll be right over. And so he comes over, she's really upset. Um, you know, if Meg Ryan, just for the record, she has really mastered the art of being sick or unhappy in a bathrobe with lots and lots of um, dribble and, and sniffles and mm-hmm. still looking adorable. Like, I don't know how she did it. Meg Ryan, you need to do a class on that because people need to see, <laughs> people need to know how to do it. She did the same thing in um, You Got Mail and it's, she's amazing. And she's, Oh, it's so good, but she, and she's so cute, but she's like totally dribbly and it's yeah, still adorable. It's, it's, it's uh, I always think it's hilarious because she's, she's kind of crying into these tissues and then she just kind of wads it up and just throws it just throws randomly it around, to the wind. around the room. But, and you her know, little hiccup, she has this. <laughs> yeah, she's, talk, <laughs> so she's talking to, she's talking to Harry about, about Joe's new girl. Uh, she's a paralegal. Her name's Kimberly. I know that I'm difficult and challenging, but, but what was wrong with me? You know, I'm going yeah. to be 40 someday. <laughs> In eight years, he says to her. And she says, no, it's just, he didn't love me. And so it's really interesting because this whole time she has been, you know, ready for her transitional man, right? She's like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not going to jump into bed with somebody right away. I'm going to find the transitional person to kind of figure out what I want. And this was the most he could ever do. He didn't want to get married. He didn't want a family. And then it turns out he did want all those things. He just didn't want them with her. And that's a Mm -hmm. very tough pill for her to swallow. So, you know, she's upset. 
and she's, you know, why didn't he love me? And what's wrong with me? And, you know, Harry's trying to comfort her and he hug, he's hugging her. And, and then all of a sudden they kiss and they kiss again. And then uh, they wake up together the next yep. morning. And it's interesting because, you know, it focuses in on their kiss and then it kind of pans out where you can see her hair and she's kind of got her head tucked under his chin. And so she's like on cloud nine. So she's Mm -hmm. really smiley and, you know, kind of floaty. And he's got this look of abject terror on his face because he realizes that things are never going to be the same. Yeah. She gets up to, she gets up to make some uh, coffee, I think, or or something so she's she's out or yeah she goes out to get some water um out in the kitchen and he's just kind of laying there looking looking freaked out you know he's trying to figure out how he's going to get out of it because you know if you go back to the diner scene that's kind of what the conversation was about right he would you know sleep with these women and then next morning he'd get up and be like oh i gotta go i gotta go play golf i gotta go to work and but you know sally sally knows that you know he can't make up one of these lies because you know she's his best friend so she's gonna know so he's he's just kind of laying there she comes back in with the water um and he's like yeah I, I i really just need need to leave you know i gotta i gotta go and she's like well, why do you gotta go and he's like i just i just gotta go we let's meet for let's meet for dinner will you come to dinner with me fine fine okay and and he leaves but and they both don't know what to you know think about what happened so they're right. gonna get on they're gonna get on the phones and you get another one one of these neat kind of split screen yeah. uh, kind of things because you know harry's calling jess and Sally's calling Marie and they're having, you know, they're having the same conversation with each of their friends who are, you know, also laying in bed next to each other. <laughs> you know, who's that, yeah. who's that talking? Oh, it's no one. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. That scene actually took like 87 takes to do because oh, there, sure, were three, yeah. there were actually three separate sets and I, I'm not sure how they timed it and why they did it the way that they did it, but it took a really long time to get the timings perfect. Um, mm-hmm. So they worked really hard. Um, the good thing I think about it is they both, you know, say, I think it was a mistake. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do, but, you know, I just want to let you know what happened. And when Jess and Marie hang up the phone, hang up their phones, um, she looks at him and she's like, tell me I never have to do this again. Tell me I never have to be out there in this dating world again. And mm-hmm. he's like, I promise you never have to be there again. And that was really sweet because you can really, you feel good about Marie. She's finally, you know, <laughs> she's with a man who's not married to someone else and yep. he adores her. And, you know, their relationship is going really, really well. So they both agree to meet and go to dinner. And as they are getting ready uh, to do that, it kind of shows a scene where they're both thinking and they have an inner mm-hmm. kind of dialogue, right? And Harry is like, it was a mistake. I hope she says it first. And she's doing her makeup and she's like, it was a mistake. I hope I get to say it first, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And it's interesting because he wants, he doesn't want her to be hurt. Um, and she also does not want herself to be hurt. So when she does say it was a mistake and we shouldn't have done it and he completely agrees, he's like, almost right. falls over his big screen salad to like tell her, yes, that's, that's exactly, I mm-hmm. totally was a mistake. You can tell she's a little miffed. She's a little unhappy that he agrees and that he wants everything to kind of go back to the way it was. Yeah. She kind of wanted him to, uh, you know, to say, oh no, it wasn't a mistake. I, I really meant it, but he didn't, uh, he didn't take her bait there from her going first. So. Right. Right. 
Right. And so, you know, she can tell, you can tell she's not real pleased about that. And so the next scene is she is at a dress fitting with Marie and she's getting fitted for her wedding dress. And Mm -hmm. she's asking a little bit about Harry. She's a little, you know, standoffish. She's got this, uh, bag of peanut M&Ms that she's dipping her hands into and mm-hmm. oh you know how is he and you know apparently he is still you know dating he has started dating this architect and she's really beautiful and you know Sally is not liking that at all she you can tell she's just really not okay with it and then she right. sees Marie kind of finally in her you know, whole wedding regalia. She's got, you know, she looks like Princess Di. This was the 80s. Mm -hmm. Yep. And she just starts bawling. She's like, oh, Marie, you're so pretty. And you can tell that, you know, it really is affecting Sally because when you do cross a line like that, it's very hard to go back and she doesn't want to go back. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the next scene is there at the wedding. And of course, Sally is the bridesmaid and Harry is the best man. And they're standing there as they're giving the vows, you know, and they trying not to look at each other and trying not to, not for it to be super awkward. Mm-hmm. And um, but they don't really speak. And you get the sense um, that they have not really talked much since that day where, you know, they met over a green salad. And she said, this is this was a mistake. We shouldn't have done that. Right. And, yeah. So Harry kind of approaches her at the reception and, you know, he's just going up to try to talk to her. But she's being, you know, kind of combative, a little bit standoffish about it. And she starts, you know kind of walk away from him and and he's following her they they get back into the into the kitchen and he's just like why can't we get past this you know and you know she says that she wants to get past it but you can tell she you know definitely does not want to want to get past it and she's like oh well you know why did we even sleep together you came over there you know what did you take pity on me and he's like no i, I didn't go over there to sleep with you it, that's that's just what happened it's just just the way that it happened. So yeah, you were looking at me with your big brown eyes and don't leave me, Harry. Hold me a little longer, Harry. And then she takes that to mean that, you know, he took pity on her because she was mm. in a bad way and she was sad. And so she punches him in the face and tells him to off. And uh, you know, they end up going back into the reception where they're, you know, now they're really not speaking. She's really mad. And they are toasting Harry and Sally, actually, Jess mm-hmm. and Marie are, because they're, they're saying, you know, if either one of us had wanted to continue dating either one of them, we wouldn't be here today. And right. so it's really kind of tough because they're in, stuck in this really awkward kind of toast. But, you know, they don't make up, right? Sally continues to kind of lead her life and it's Christmas time again. And she's mm-hmm. doing all the things that she was doing before with Harry, only now she's doing them by herself. So you yeah, see, you see her out, you know, getting the Christmas tree, but Harry's not there to help her carry it back to her apartment. So she's just kind of dragging it through the snow and she's sitting at her apartment and you hear the voice message going off, you know, Harry's, you know, trying to call her. And then, you know, it's kind of, kind of this montage of Harry leaving voicemail after voicemail. I guess they wouldn't have been voicemails in 1989. They would have just been uh, answering machine messages, but you know, he's, he's leaving her all these, you know, he's, he's calling on the, uh, on the uh, singing machine, you know, singing messages and, you know, all these things, but, you know, finally, you know, after, after about a hundred of these messages, you know, Sally finally picks up. Um, well, he's and, singing to her on the singing machine. Yeah, that's right. That's, um, and, call me whenever you are just phone moi. You know, that's, <laughs> pretty, that's right. 
I mean, I would, I would probably pick up the phone too. Yeah. So just to she, get him to stop. So she, fi- she finally does pick up, and he asks her, you know, to, to New Year's Eve party, um, but she turns him down. Yeah, she does. I mean, they had said at the last one that if they ever they didn't have a date, they would do New Year's together. And of course he says, Hey, you know, I don't have a date. And I think it'd be really great if we could go together. And she has this really tough line, but she says, you know, I'm not your consolation prize. I can't do that anymore. Right. And so she she ends up, she ends up going to the New Year's Eve party um, kind of as the third wheel for uh, Jess and Marie and uh, Harry stays home. And, you know, he's like, Oh, you know, sick but you know i get to i get to eat these malamars which is you know next next best thing he's kind of watching the the new year stuff on the on the tv um yeah but harry you know he's kind of kind of out of sorts he doesn't know what to do with them with himself on that night so you just see him kind of you know walking alone on on the streets you know cold new york city on on new year's eve and yeah and you can tell she's like trying to get through this party with this, you know, there's, I guess there's guy, he's not really her date, but he's talking to her and he's laying these awful jokes on her. And mm-hmm. Marie, you know, Marie's like, just stay a little longer. She's like, I'm leaving. I'm getting out of here. This is horrible. And, you know, Harry's got this montage walking the streets of New York where he's like, you know, can we, can he continues to think back on his original speech of, men and women can't really be friends. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he kind of has an epiphany and you don't really know what it is, but he starts to run. And he, you know, it's New Year's Eve in New York. So not only is it like negative 3000 degrees and frigid cold, but there are no cabs to be had anywhere. So he keeps trying to hail cabs and almost dies a couple of times, but he keeps running to, I I guess he knows where this party is because he was invited. So he ends up getting there just as, Sally is is trying to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, it's right before midnight. She's really sad, and it's really sweet because um, in, tr- Jess even in true says, romantic comedy fashion, he gets there yeah. right right in the nick of time to to meet her. So. Right, and you know, as they're counting down, he's like, "Look, here's the thing. You know, I've I, I love you," and she's like, "What are you talking about?" And he says, "I love you. I realized. I get it." And she's like, well, "What do you want me to say?" And, he says, well, how about you love me too? And, you know, as they're counting down, she's like, I'm sorry, Harry, I'm sorry that you're alone and you're sad, but I'm not going to be this person for you. And then he Mm -hmm. gives, he does this really beautiful speech about all the things that he loves about her. And, um, you know, he loves that she's cold at 71 degrees. He loves the way it takes her an hour and a half to order a sandwich. He loves the crinkle in her uh, forehead when she looks at someone like they're crazy. And, you know, he just, he really just realized that he is in love with her. And Mm -hmm. the thing about when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with someone, you want that rest of your life to start as soon as possible. And so he lays all this on her and she kind of looks at him and, and then she starts to cry and she's like, you see, (laughs) it's, it's things like this that make it impossible for me to hate you. (laughs) And I really hate you, Harry. I I really hate you. And I really hate you, but, um, but she doesn't really hate him. She really loves him and they're going to kiss. It's midnight. They're kissing. Um, old Lang Syne comes on and, you know, Harry, you know, typical, typical Harry fashion. He's like, what does the song mean? <laughs> What's the song even mean? Is it and, like, yeah. should old, should old acquaintance be forgot? Does it mean that we should have forgotten them or should we should remember them, which we wouldn't have been able to because we would have forgotten them. Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. Always asking the asking the deep questions, but um, but we're gonna get one more one more couple on the uh, on the couch on the uh, documentary couch, but it's it's Harry and Sally, and they're they're kind of you know just talking about their about their relationship and about their wedding and things. So you just mm-hmm. get kind of this little this little uh, closing glimpse of that you know it all worked out after that New Year's Eve they ended up together and and are having yeah. a happy life together. So yeah, with a really great coconut cake. Um, really great, really great coconut cake with uh, chocolate sauce on the side, because it's That's really right. important to have it on the side. Because yeah. not everyone likes them together. That's right. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, so so that's uh, that's when Harry met Sally. Like it, it, it really kind of kind of ramps up in in intensity at the at the end there. But uh, what did you think about uh, when Harry met Sally, Michaela? What are what are your memories of it, or uh, what do you what do you think about it? So I probably saw it in the mid '90s on VHS because um i was too young to see it in the theater for sure yeah and it's, a, it's an r-rated film um yeah it, just, it has some swearing and they and they talk about sex a fair bit um right. nothing nothing too explicit but yeah there's no nudity um and there is no the gratuitous sex scenes or anything like that i think i really loved it it's one of my favorite romantic comedies of all time because mm-hmm. i think it poses a, a question that is really always played on on my mind I have always had more guy friends than girlfriends um mm-hmm. since birth so it has always been kind of an interesting uh concept to me about this platonic friendship and how it exists and how you still manage to see people and find people attractive and like them and then how you decipher that between people that you're romantically interested in mm-hmm. um so I've always really loved this film because it really explores a lot of those facets that in, um, you know, in, in relationships like like Harry and Sally's, they kind of dip the toe into the water and then how, how do you do that um, mm-hmm. effectively? And it's hilarious. I mean, I watched it again, obviously, for this podcast and mm-hmm. it, it is so funny. And the things that you pick up on, um, you know, the cast is just absolutely stellar. It, what's interesting is Carrie Fisher is actually Penny Marshall. Uh, Penny Marshall was Penny Marshall's best friend, one of her best friends. And oh, okay. Penny Marshall was married to Rob Reiner and they were divorced, right? When this mm-hmm. was being filmed. So that kind of made it perhaps maybe awkward to film some of these scenes, but um, for from, from the sake of Rob Reiner, but the, the cast is just perfect. I mean, the timing is great. Bruno Kirby mm-hmm. as... Billy Crystal's best friend is just an awesome. Yep. Yeah. They play off of each other all, all really well in this um, kind of the, the writing style, uh, Nora Ephron's writing style really kind of lended itself to Billy Crystal's kind of, you know, dry wit, um, especially, you know, in, in the younger versions of, of Harry, you know, he, he's talking, you know, you know, pretty quick and, you know, making these kind of, you know, grand statements and things. And, you know, it's, it's totally believable, but I'm probably like you, I probably saw it, you know, kind of in the, you know, early mid nineties, I would, I would guess. Um, but for me, I, this movie is not something I really appreciated until like, as I got older, right. You can, you kind of understand it more and things, and you can see the, the viewpoints of the, of the, you know, main characters and, and things but yeah really good really funny like I don't remember laughing at a film uh this much for uh quite a while so it was uh it was really nice to revisit it so uh definitely good and you mentioned it earlier um with Rob Reiner kind of changing the end of the 
you know, film there to, you know, tour, they actually do, you know, get married and kind of move out of this friendship, you know, to kind of, mm-hmm. kind of change the story a little bit. Um, I do think that the way it was done though, was really nice. It kind of, you know, got set up with the, you know, the older couples, their own, uh, speaking on the, on the couches, you know, talking about their own marriages. So, so you do get some sort of, you know, closure on the fact that they do get married, but, but the film really is, is about kind of their friendship. You know, we really only see and hear about, you know, them actually being together in what probably the last 30 seconds of the, of the film right. you know, minute. Right. That's, you know, that's it of it that you get. So I think it was really well done and it really, it does focus more on, on that friendship. So. Which is cool because when you see really successful marriages, um, you know, when people have been married for 55 years, they're, you know, or, or something like that, the friendship is the thing that from what I can tell anyway, is, is what's remaining. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. that building up that respect and, and friendship over time. That's the thing that lasts more than maybe illicit romantic love, you know? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Well, anyone uh, listening at home, uh, what are your thoughts about When Harry Met Sally? Um, is it, you know, is it one of your favorite romantic comedies or is it something something you're new to? Uh, so this is streaming on HBO Max. Um, so if you have a subscription to that, um, you can go check that out, you know, kind of anytime. But, but yeah, definitely let us know uh, what your thoughts were on When Harry Met Sally. And you can do that um, on Instagram and Twitter. It's at Drink the Movies. And Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Drink the Movies. Um, you can also follow us on our website. It's www.drinkthemovies.com. And that's where we're going to have recipes for uh, I'll Have What She's Having, um, you know, movie recaps, news, and more Drink the Movies fun. So if you make one of those cocktails, definitely take a picture of it and share it with us because we want to see everyone's pictures of their I'll Have What She's Having. Uh, Michaela, why don't you tell people where they can find the podcast? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere where Anchor Podcasts are distributed. We'd appreciate it if you subscribed, and if you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review because it really helps us get the Drink the Movies stuff out there. Well, unfortunately, I'll have what she's having um, is all gone, so I need to go have another one of what she's having. Michaela, how are you doing? You ready for another one? I am ready for another one, absolutely. Okay. That sounds good. Well, thanks everyone for joining us on Drink the Movies this week, and we'll be back next week to uh, make up another drink and talk about another movie. We'll see everyone next time on Drink Drink the Movies. movies. We're getting closer. (laughs) 